0: A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri term medical plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. The Square Ball Podcast.
1: Welcome to the show. Do you know what it's brought to you with? Is it Solicitors? It is. I forget the name. The best. Not
2: just any Solicitors. Yeah, the greatest
1: <laughs> bunch of Solicitors in the land, Levi Solicitors, and they will do you a 10% discount on your legal fees at UK forward slash the square ball. Dan, Michael and Moscow White, Daniel Chapman here with you for Propaganda, where we react to the most recent game. As we always say, this one kind of ebbs and flows across the season when Leeds United decide to not bother uh, turning up in the second half. It makes this slightly harder, but we plough on regardless because we're your friend. We're here for you.
2: Well, we've not got to the end of it yet. We might just do the first bit and then fade out If we're just snoozing on the floor while um, somebody runs rings around the studio for the second half of these. That would be like a podcast representation of Sunday.
1: Uh, into it then. This is the Leeds reaction this half of the show. Uh, we do the Palace reaction and the wider world of propaganda after this. First up then Leeds and the, the average scores we get our TSB Plus members to score the players, the manager and even what you describe here on the form, uh, Moscow as the dickhead ref out of mm. 10. Um, We'll sort of cover the scores off as we go. The headlines from this, though, uh, Rasmus got man of the match with 7.07, just pipping Pascal, the big sexy pirate, with 7.02 average score out of 10.
2: People say we have problems at fullback. Our two best players, right back and left back, all solved, all sorted. The lowest score was 4.26, which we'll get to in due
1: course. Jesse actually scored worse than the ref, who got (laughs) 4.63. Uh, we'll, it's pop, hurt him. we'll pop all that into the supercomputer and then update the player of the year tracker as well at the end of this show as well tell you who's on course for uh, for player of the year based on your scores right um, what's the general vibe with this one then bad bad vibes people are worried it's not reflected in the attacking momentum graph because if you stop
3: it about a third of the way in uh... <laughs> yeah I just thought it was worth putting this on just to just to remind ourselves how that game went we were we were in charge of it it was great for a bit wasn't it mm. should have been two or three going up and then uh, yeah then, yeah. the end, then the end of it happened.
2: I did feel at about 25 minutes, I think it was, that we had it all sorted. It's like, yeah, eh, we win this, not a problem. I couldn't see any reason for us not to. we won one look up by that point, still making more chances. And that's just before they equalised, isn't it? So, all my fault, sorry. <laughs> yeah,
1: and I thought similar. I definitely thought we, we seemed to have the, their number on this one, but then I did say as it got to half time at 1-1. Ah, we're not winning. This this could swing the other way because they'll make changes. Um, and the commentator on the international feed did say, didn't they, that, um, oh, it looks like Palace might have made changes at half time. Did you think? And they did. Um, there are fears, aren't there, that we're sliding into another relegation battle, which is natural given the league position and the points total. Um, I think it's fine to be worried about that. I mean,
3: I it was the first time I've, I've been properly worried about it, I think, was this game. Just it, I think it's because we're seeing the same... Thing happen, aren't we? It's like the Southampton game. That was another one where we looked to have it kind of wrapped up, and we were doing well in it. And then games turn, and we can't turn them back. Is the way it feels. Like once we get, once teams get beyond that initial, can't cope with those running about the place thing. Are they making adjustment to deal with it? Then we don't seem to be able to get out of our our rut that we're
1: in. Uh, coach in the comments uh, going full Normanton. Not enough negativity. That's talking about our performance on the match ball. We are shite. We are essentially in free fall and we're not going to get the results we need in our next matches. It's not working. It's possibly true. I mean, these are the fears manifest, aren't they? We kind of, I think we went through this whole cycle on the match ball where we were wondering, is Marsh any good? Does this work? I well, mean, the, the, tr- the truth is probably somewhere in the middle, but it's hard not to feel worried when you see something as toothless as that. Well, Joe has given a nice
3: little rundown of where the wins under Marsh have come from. And you have to say, it's a fairly convincing point he's making.
2: Hiya, lads. Um, <clears throat> so... I'm
3: worried. I'm going to be, try and be objective here, but I've done some some maths and some totting up and it's not looking good. So since March came in, we've played 20 league games. We've won six of them, right? We beat Norwich, we beat Wolves, we beat Watford, we beat Brentford, we beat Wolves, we beat Chelsea. Those six wins out of 20 league games, three have come against 11 men. The other three, away at Wolves last season, 3-2, away at Brentford 2-1 and at home against Chelsea this season for 3-0, we're against 10 men. So in 20
1: league matches, we have beaten 11 men three times. That's not good. I'm worried. I think that's that's not necessarily true, is it, of Chelsea. Like the sending off was fairly late and we were already in the clear at that point. Uh, yeah, okay. We'll allow him that one.
3: <laughs> but the others, yeah. I mean, looking back to last season, the Wolves and the Brentford games were the two that you think they potentially did turn on things in refereeing decisions that went in our favour not that they were um, unfair decisions but, but
1: then the Villa game turned against us based on refereeing it, decisions it did
2: it did yeah and last se- I'm not sure last season needs to be carried into mm. this season it's more about where we are now and where we are now is I think it's worth remembering that we are only eight games into this because that big month off means that although it's um nearly mid-october and you know the Leaves are on the ground and there's a...
1: You've got got a pullover on, Moscow.
2: I've got a pullover on. um, I've come dressed as Dino Zoff and there's the (laughs) rustling of uh, the leaves as you swish your boots through um, the towpath. Oh no, that's very nice. But we've only played like... Everybody would say, I'll give it 10 games to see where we are. We've not even got close to... Well, we are closer to to 10 than we were on the opening day. It still feels quite new as well. So that we haven't won many games we don't play many games.
3: One thing I will say is we do. It feels like we're in games, doesn't it? I think that's the thing. We've been. There's, there's a goal in most of them. I know the Brentford game was a bit of a weird aberration because of Urente, but the others are all pretty close. Mm. Like we we could easily we could have beaten Everton. We could have beaten Villa with things have been different. We should have beaten Southampton. Isn't that
1: the nature of the Premier League though? Like a lot of it games are f- are close like this. Yeah, know?
3: it's and, just I suppose it could swing either way. Now we've played that a cluster of teams who we consider to be about our hopeful level of fairly safe but not brilliant. We've not taken many points from those teams.
2: No, but I think there's maybe something to do with um, our relative Nunez. Uh It's to do with that, you know, Vieira had that Palace team all last season. I was thinking as well, when did uh, Rennie Maric come in? He wasn't even here for the first game of the season, I don't think. I th- Was it just before it? I can't remember. He's turned, it seems very late. He's turned up late and um Things like that are all still quite new, and i I just feel like time will give us more of a uh, a sense of this and things as well a fit bamford hopefully would finish that chance and then it's two nil and then I don't think we lose from two nil touch whatever would is yeah. available and not only that were a forest postponement
1: and potential win there away from being around upper mid table here
2: mm. and also I think villa we didn't lose um, and we didn't concede and then here as well although the the first goal is irritating in two ways, but it's mostly just stupid. And then the winner was actually a good goal from Palace. You can pick mistakes in our back line for that. And But um, Eze does very well to kind of sneak away from Somerville. He, you know, he watches Somerville have a look at him. And then when he turns back, that's when he makes his move onto a great layoff from Zaha. And then I don't know what, Cooper didn't really have many good options in that situation. I suppose just dive at him and hope he shoots is a is a reasonable one. But s a has read that very well, dropped his shoulder, got around him and then picked his spot. From there, for all that Palace dominated the second half, they didn't feel like they were going to score loads of goals against us. We felt reasonably solid. The bigger problem was, that up the other end, we just ran out of ideas and there was no imagination. We weren't um, able to get kind of a, a foothold in the game to kind of stop Palace from just attacking us. We're not a million miles away from the teams that we are playing. And I do wonder what um, more time gives us. But then I also wonder what are we doing during the month off when we have nothing nothing else to do <laughs> apart from practice or all this stuff.
3: As you mentioned, both Cooper and Bamford there, I quite enjoyed Benny Lux's comment. It says, uh, Leeds were dominant in the early stages and could have gone two up had Bamford converted to Gillette's chance when one-on-one with the keeper. Then a needless foul from Cooper gifted them a set piece, which we failed to defend. This could have been written in 2019. <laughs> Sign a fucking striker. Yeah.
2: Well, that's it. I mean, there's a lot of um, talk about Marsh after that game and how long he might have. But, you know, we know Bamford and we know Cooper well enough to know that even, you know, during our promotion and the first season in the Premier League, there weren't, you know, mistakes were never coached out of them. Bamford would still miss a few. Cooper will still make a few mistakes. They are who they are and they will be who they are forever. Um,
1: is the fact that we're still relying on them, though, not a bit of a, a pointer that the recruitment's been a bit of a letdown? Like, if you look at the money we spent on Furpo, Rodrigo, and Dan James, what's that, 67 million quid pushing towards 70? And we're still looking at Bamford, Cooper, the guys who were here right back at the start of all this to, to change our fortunes.
2: There's never know. been a question of replacing them, honestly.
1: I don't know. I'm not necessarily saying that. What I'm saying is we haven't supplemented them well enough with other things. Well, um, I think actually, when, when we signed Rodrigo, I think
3: a lot of people probably assumed that that would be Bamford benched. And as it is...
2: He turned into Harry Kane for a year. He did,
3: he did turn really good so, for a year. But I think people probably assumed that he would, as Spain's number nine coming in, record fee and everything, think, well, he's going to be the starting striker. And he wasn't. And then Kock and Urente would have seemed to be of a higher calibre than Liam Cooper as well when we signed them. Admittedly, both right-footed, aren't they? So it it, it was never going to work like that necessarily in Bielsa's system. But I think the thing you look at now is Strauch's in quite good form and it, he's left footed so it would be nice to have him as an option for um, for centre back as well
1: but because we have one injured left back at the club mm-hmm. we don't have any chance to do that I know it's been reductive but I keep going, just going back to the idea that the owner kind of just isn't wealthy enough and that's dead entitled and dreadful as a football fan isn't it but well, I'm, I'm carrying 16 years of, of pain here off yeah. uh, the relegation and the scars of last season as well so I realise that's fueling my thinking particularly when we lose it is all motivated by fear as we were saying in the wake of Villa.
2: That's the idea as well, that we could just change it all at once. Like, we could spend as much money as what well. Are we saying that we replace all 11 players at once and then we're great? It does. It is going to be more iterative than that. So, you know, you, the, the thing about Strike being at left-back now and saying that we don't have anybody to challenge Cooper, we do actually have Cooper's long-term replacement is here and looks amazing. We need a left-back, but then if we do sign a left-back is Strout getting in the team ahead of Cooper right now? Because Cooper is still the club captain and he's got that seniority in his he But there's that room where if this keeps changing bit by bit, season by season, then maybe in the summer or January, a left-back comes in and then that change happens. But it's kind of waiting for those things to happen is, um, is the problem for for us having to watch it. Well, and Remembering, I was looking at this one, Victor Ortiz thing from... Literally 11 days ago, when he said that this season's target is to consolidate between 10th and 14th. Next season's is to consolidate between 12th and 9th. And then we establish ourselves among the top 10. And at the moment, we're 14th. So we're at the bottom end of where we need to be consolidating, as far as what Victor also exact words. This year, the goal is to establish ourselves between 14th and 10th place. So we're not going to have the perfect players to replace all our promotion players now. Um, I don't know if that would even be possible unless we try to do a big Nottingham Forest thing. It is going to be like this, where there are holes that need to be fill- filled. Fun, and as it? we fill them, it's fun. <laughs> and as we fill them, maybe yeah. next, maybe that's the thing. Because oh, the left back thing is fucking infuriating. Because if we just signed a really good one, we would be so, such a so much a better team. But then we had that with the mid- midfield last season. I was saying if we just signed some midfielders, we'd have a much better team. And then it was interesting that then. Aronson became the answer. And Aronson would not have been available last summer because he'd only just got to Salzburg. So the way it's trying to wonder whether it's accurate to suggest that Victor Orta has these players and there is the dream left-back will be available next summer that will play for, be the next erigo for Leeds for the next 10 years. And so we're not signing one now. We're just going to get through it until that's available in the same way that it seemed like we didn't sign a midfielder last season, and then Brendan Aronson is right there waiting for us. Tyler Adams is available from Leipzig because he's got that eye on the, the future of, well, we can have them then, but it just means it's going to be difficult now. And- I mean, that's
1: all well and good, but we're not here for reasoned opinions and um, you know calm reflection. What we're here is to polarise everybody, get everybody angry on the internet, and do some bloodletting. So let's hear from Billy B. <laughs> Fucking hell. I'm just tired of being bored. Boring football. We've got no idea going forward. If the pressing doesn't work and it's never going to work for 90 minutes, you can't keep that up for
3: 90 minutes. We did it for 20 minutes against Palace. But when it stops working in a game, we've got nothing. We've got no attacking idea. Other teams can just block us out
1: and then score easy, cheap goals against us. And we always make it look so hard. It's just boring. I'm sorry, but if Jesse Marsh loves this team,
0: it's like me saying I love me fucking grandma's curtains. Fucking hell. <laughs> Twat. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's a bit harsh. Um, Jesse, by the way, in his tactics, uh, scored three out of 10, according to, bang on to the nose three, hmm. according to our TSB Plus members. Uh, the lowest scoring of anybody who participated in this game. There are a few criticisms of
3: him. Jason Case says it's basically kick and rush. It's no more sophisticated than Jack Chowton's putting him under
1: pressure style of the 1980s. Maxwell Bygraves as well, just an energetic Burnley. Is that a
2: bit harsh? It's fair. I mean, this is kind of it's the the RB plan. Billy B had it right that it won't work for ninety minutes. And Jesse Marsh was saying afterwards that um, he's saying that when the the teams he's coached in the patch in the past score in bunches. Is this
1: in your match reports?
2: I think I've read this somewhere. Yes, I yeah. put it there as well. It's so on the website. Read that. It's plop, plop. Absolutely, just repeating things that I've already written uh, better, but <laughs> such is my life. Um,
1: Still, we'll blather them out here on video,
2: but it's. Um, the whole RB style of football all comes out of optimization and about how you take a team of players who are not very good and get efficient results with them. And you're not going to. And so the the idea is you're not going to be able to take a team that isn't very good and have them dominate a game for ninety minutes. That's not going to be possible. They so had, what you,
1: they had Erling Haaland.
2: Ignore Erling Haaland. Talk about this is before they even got to a Erling Haaland. So how what's your approach? But you can reasonably expect to dominate for 10 minutes or 15 minutes and the idea is that in that time you create enough chances and you score enough goals that you've then got the lead and you don't have to worry about the other 80 75 minutes that's the optimization and the efficiency and the use of resources that Red Bull's football is kind of all directed towards and that's why you know Jesse Marsh has only coached Red Bull teams apart from if he, he had the um he doesn't even count his time uh, before he joined um New York because he, he said he was trying to be Bob Bradley and it didn't work
3: so after which point he was trying to be Ralph Ranick.
2: yeah basically and that did work and so you know he was beating Patrick Vieira's team 7-0 in, in your, New York just be yourself Jesse but it's about but that's when he's talking about scoring in bunches is that when we start a game as well as we did against Crystal Palace and we we have um, what we had on the momentum graph that you put here where it says us all just completely attacking for the first 20-25 minutes you get the one from Brendan Aronson, then there's the, uh, the two times the goalkeeper gave us uh, opportunities, and then the Bamford chance. And we're and, it up. Well, exactly. And in the the RB fucking perfect master plan world, we score four goals in that situation, and then we don't have to worry about the fact that we're not very good over 90 minutes because we've blown a team away in the, a real narrow amount of time. And also a final lead means you can play better for the rest of the time because you don't need to worry about it. So it is... He was very clear about this, that we need to score more goals and we need to take more advantage when we are on top. And other people would say that scoring one goal when we're on top, the goal that we got, which was a brilliant goal, Brent Aronson, dancing beautifully through everybody and um, unlucky to hit the post. But still, even that was a good effort. I was waiting for him to sky it into the stand. I was like, fucking hell, he's actually very nearly scored himself. 1-0 is taking advantage, but in this uh, realm and the football that we play and the players that we've got, there's the feeling comes from the, the RB optimization football. It's like, no, you need two, you need three, you need four. And I don't know how likely that is. Um, we
1: well, don't need people who can actually put it in the net, though. That would, that would help. Well, Bamford, if you... I mean, that second one, it was... Well, let's get onto these, because we've got people who've sent stuff in on them. Because um, Rodrigo was the lowest scorer in the team at 4.26. Bamford didn't beat him by much, 4.75. So is that where the problem lies? Is it up front? Um, here's Mick have to say, I think that defeat is on Jesse. You know, anyone could see that Roca wasn't doing anything in that match. He lasted till 80 minutes. Anyone could see that Bamford was flagging. He's had so long out. I'm just very frustrated because I think it was Christensen's best game for us. I think he was excellent against that miserable, miserable Zaha. Um, I thought Cock was brilliant for us, but just... And it's not even... I wouldn't even blame them and an, an attack. We know Rodrigo can't play in that position. We've had two and a half years of this. Like, it's just frustrating. And if we can't make those decisions in-game to change it when it's not working, then we're going to be in for a long season of struggle. I think that's what I was getting at, you know, when I was talking about um, Kinnear saying that signings at this level for us at those prices have to work. We have to kind of stick with things come hell or high water. Like, We don't have to stick with Rodrigo at 10. But, we, but he, they insist because he's in the senior group, isn't he? He's in the leadership group now. So they're going to try and shoehorn him into this side wherever they can. I, I just hate him playing there. My I thought you would say you hate him there.
3: Well, but you know what? You do develop that. The more you see it, the more you like, get frustrated with him. But I don't think he can do it. So stop, just stop playing him there. It's so frustrating. Like I was, I'm at the point where I would have quite happily seen Somerville or Nonto or someone else just playing in that attacking three behind so we didn't have to mess with it and leave Aronson in the middle and just see what happens. Because I've seen Rodrigo there so many times and it's always bad. He doesn't seem to have the legs to do it and a couple of people have picked up on it as well Um, Kevin says uh, he's absolutely shite man wants to eat his dinner and have a lie down before passing the ball and he is he can be really really ponderous on it and I I just don't think it ever has worked
2: he's he's fooled us again hasn't he
1: yeah that hot streak
2: yeah those little goals at the start of the season Oh, maybe this is the the year it's going to come good and then um, I thought uh, even as we were attacking very well in the first half none of it was coming from him no Um, but there again is one of the reasons why I think time um, is a factor here because we've still not seen Luis Sinistera at full tilt. And I think much as Rodrigo's in the leadership group, much as this idea that he has to play because we, we spent money on him, we spent money on Aronson and he's, uh, Jesse Marsh's um he's one of his actual children. And I think the next game is Aronson's back at 10 and it's Sinister and Harrison behind Bamford. And I would like us to do that for as many games as possible between now and um, it stops working, and we're angry at all them instead. So, <laughs> but I and then Tyler Roberts becomes the. I just think Sinistera <laughs> is a much is a every game he's played so far, and there's not been many. He's played two and a half, really, hasn't he? Or if if he's even managed that much, I miss him. He makes an impact. Yeah, every Everton we needed a goal, and he just cracked one in from distance. The Barnsley game, his debut in the League Cup, we were, were it was going all right that match, but we you were wondering when we were going to assert our dominance against. Um, League 1 Barnsley and bang he scores from distance great goal and then Brentford how are we going to get give ourselves a hope in this match Sinistera produces an individual goal from nothing and he was looking good but you look at uh, Eze don't
1: you look at Eze for Palace he's picked it up and he's made something happen and we need more players who can make stuff happen rather than just ponder us uh, we'll that's well the right word
2: the Eze goal
3: in the way we play you do wonder though if that even happens because we're so narrow that the when we're attacking it's so compacted sometimes in the middle in the middle of the pitch, it's very hard to even get a shot off from the edge of the box sometimes because there's no mm. one wide to actually spread the defence out. It was the it was the problem we had with him with Marsha's tactics last year, wasn't it? And it seems to make more sense with the current crop of players than it did last season when we had Rafinha who was used to really hugging the touchline and was brilliant out there. But it still looks... It, we just never try width, I think is the thing that frustrates me. Like the second half of this game when we couldn't get anything going, we just kept trying to do the same thing over and over and over again and you think, well, I couldn't we just have for a little while. Couldn't Jackie just go and stand on the touchline and occupy a fullback for a bit? and see yeah, if, just, Talking about looking for plan B. That see is if, a plan we can, B, see if we it? can make just something else happen because we didn't get close to a chance in that second half,
2: did we? Yeah, we're, we're ignorant when it comes to space deliberately by design. And you could see it, it was clear in the Wolves game the first one of the season that we were going towards the ball and everything Wolves did was about getting the ball out into space. Um, so the number of times that they had uh, one-on-one versus Christensen on the left wing with just nobody else in 30 yards is because they were looking for room.
1: Which is what Palace did second half as well with um, Zaha.
2: Yeah, whereas what we do is we give Harrison, we send him into a alley where there's four defenders and three of our players getting in the way as well. And like, right, get, get through that and see what you can. And you see those little moments as well where we do kind of ping it out of the midfield scramble and send Harrison or Aronson sprinting after it into space and then it's you there's a lot of pressure then on getting the next pass correct and um you know if we had made a bit more of some of those moments in the second half because we got away two or three times and then the ball just went into the box and it was aimless and um that was uh, a shame
0: hey i'm ryan reynolds at mint mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.
2: The he goal, I get into, I get showered. I count that as a set-piece concession because it came from their free kick, and it's, Interesting that that's then. So if I if I'm allowed to have that as a goal from a free kick, because which, which it isn't. Well, we we'd all gone back to defend it, and it and defending a dead ball situation didn't work, and it was all one phase of attacking until the ball was in the net, but it didn't come from a counter attack, and it didn't come from open play. And neither did their first goal. And Aston Villa didn't score. As their first us goal, like by the way, well.
1: just worth saying that they. Um, I, I apologise to the person who pointed this out, but tweeted at us and said it was actually taken about ten or fifteen yards further forward. And the foul occurred. The so, sc- screen grabbed it. You could see the lines on the pitch. Mm-hmm. It was like bloody hell. I didn't even notice. That. Bent
2: ref yeah. as well didn't help us. But um, there are some signs of promise there as well. In the fact that I was saying before, but we didn't feel like we were massively open um, defensively against Palace. Um, they were attacking us more, but we weren't giving up big chances. And it is then two set piece goals. Mm-hmm. Two. Let's,
1: let's say from let's say from John then
2: watching that from Melbourne middle of the night. How do I go to sleep after that? Honestly, we have no finishing. First half was decent. Bamford, of course, missed an opportunity to be put us 2-0 up. Rodrigo, back to the old Rodrigo. Bamford, back to the championship. Bamford. Jesse Maskin seriously concerns me. I seriously am starting to think I've tried to believe in him, and he's way out of his depth. And the bloody time-wasting. God, this game is frustrating. I'm worried, boys. I'm worried that we're going to be just like last year, just scrapping in the last couple of weeks weeks of the season and we won't get away with it this time oh, <laughs> oh well
3: really, I don't think the time wasting was that bad I know they did it towards uh, the end the thing is it, everyone does I was going to say if you're holding a one goal lead I can sort of accept the time wasting it's when a team does it in the first minute that uh, it really pisses me off
2: and they did it with the ball in play as well
3: yeah yeah, they so, were taking a throw in keep it in a corner yeah it
2: wasn't It wasn't as uh, outrageous that's
1: the as that isn't it um, yeah.
3: there
2: was a little bit there was one where um, they took the ball completely in the wrong direction for throwing and Luke Ayling mm. was spinning around going like well why have they thrown it all the way down there when well, it should be taken over there a
1: bit of a click manoeuvre that isn't
2: it? <laughs> yeah exactly So they, they weren't the worst for it and then I think on um, the other thing to remember with finishing is like I don't know if Bamford has gone back to Championship Bamford and I don't know if we can necessarily make that judgement after one start um, after a year away I think you know give him a chance to get back to himself Gerhardt should have been on earlier because we know what he can do and then we wonder well we hope we know what he can do we've, we've got high hopes for what he could do um, and we've seen him do stuff and then you do go to wonder at what point, you know, if Sonny Perkins, he has now stopped scoring in the under 21s um, as of last night. But if the guy is finishing chances every time they drop to him in the reserves and Marsh has kind of um, alluded to it as well, that, you know, you, you can't ignore a player who's playing that well. I'd maybe, I'd, and I'd hope, I mean, Rodrigo will probably haunt the squad even if he doesn't start <laughs> the next few games, but he'll be he'll be a candidate for coming off the bench. But I would like, Gellhart to come on earlier and then the 10-minute change to be Perkins come on and give us 10 minutes if we're, if we're in a situation where we need a, a goal because I don't know what harm 10 minutes would do anybody. I think it would be all right. I know I think I railed against this idea last season because well, we weren't giving out sympathy debuts before but I suppose this wouldn't be a sympathy debut. It would just be um, you've scored a lot of goals so go and see if you can get one at this level and I don't. Think
1: and also it's the, Hail, the Hail Mary
3: debut is at that stage yet yeah. but at that point you're taking him off for Bamford who looks knackered or Rodrigo mm. who's contributing nothing so it's not Rodrigo also looks knackered it's not really a gamble is it it's no. not like it's not like you haven't to take off you know an informed sinister and thinking well I'm just going to try something a bit different even though he's got something in his locker like they both looked hopeless mm. so
2: it's about like the frustration that Somerville didn't start and Rodrigo did because what better opportunity to give Somerville a start than um, Sinisterra being suspended. And you know the limit of it is he could bring Rodrigo off the bench if it really wasn't working, and Sinistera is going to be back for the next game. So if it don't work, fine, we just go back to what we were doing before. But I felt a bit sorry. I don't know if I felt sorry for Somerville, but again, he came on and he didn't really affect the game. And you could also say that letting Eze go, I thought it was good, clever movement from Messi to get away from him. Um, but also it was a dead ball and some of them only had one job at that moment, which is mark a player and you let him wander off. But when you're coming into a game as a substitute and you're a kid, maybe it's part of becoming a Premier League professional is that you need to be switched on and know where your your player is defensively as well as all the players you're going to skin going forward. But maybe that's easier to achieve from the beginning of a match where you get much more. You're not having somebody waving a, a laminated sheet in front of you on the bench while you're trying to put your socks on saying right these are your men at a, a, a dead ball you get it all pre-match and much more of a, a chance to absorb it we do just tend to be with some of them just rushing him on into opportunities and saying right make, make what you can of that whereas a nice little full pre-match go and listen to the Premier League anthem shake hands with everybody get into the game slowly instead of having to come on in I mean all, uh, the, do all stuff, the, and there's no better chance for him to do it than Sunday.
3: All the good bits of Somerville that we've seen in the other twenty ones, him isolating a player and going out and one on one and taking it past people and shooting in space, and he had just absolutely no opportunity to do that yeah. against against Palace. So it's very hard to judge him on that. I think because if you don't pass the ball to him with any space in front of him, what are you actually hoping I for him know. to do?
1: Can we hear from Sir Warnock Smelly Socks? Which I think is a bit of a misnomer as well because Warnock is a trained chiropodist, so he would look, have good foot care, wouldn't he? There's some just nice childish giggling on this, so I wanted
3: wanted to include it. Oh, fair enough. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, lads, it's uh, Warnock's smelly socks and uh, Steve Evans' sombrero. Yep. Double
2: act.
3: First half, should have scored more. Bamford's left foot, pile of wank. I could do better. Second half was shit. Cheers. (laughs) <laughs> I like that, He's like, I've started talking. I don't know what to say anymore. <laughs> like drunk little drunk teenagers making a prank phone call. I'm
2: Can
1: in favour of it. Yeah, it's good. I enjoyed it. Can I uh, speak to Seymour butts? It's like Bart Simpson in it. Um, we were too gloomy. Said a number of people. Um, as well, we've I think we've kind of counted that. Let's remember the match ball is just you know shooting from the hip straight away at full time.
3: And know, also the, raw raw emotion, Michael. The balance of. The feedback was very gloomy as well. Yeah. There were essentially three people who were, who were not gloomy out of about 50 bits of feedback. Yeah. I'm well. with them
2: um, MG Dodger, Idiot Bitch Andy, and Lucy. I'll join your too much gloom.
1: It, Idiot Bitch Andy actually does make a good point that um, we underplayed how good we were in the first 25. But this is the thing, you know, you, with a match ball, we're just kind of, it's based on how you feel at full time, isn't it? It's not like, well, mm. you, you don't feel like you can be really pragmatic about it and go, well, the first 25 minutes was enjoyable. It's just a shame about the, uh, you know, the 65 that mm. followed.
2: There are, I mean, the the, prob- the other thing about the second half is how easily Palace managed to neutralise us without much of a counter. And then I think it is valid criticism that uh, Marsh's substitution seemed to make us worse rather than better, which is a bit of a, a theme. Him affecting games in a positive way doesn't seem to have really manifested itself yet. And that's where why I was thinking about Renny Marich because, um, you know, we've got this boy genius in the dugout alongside him. And you kind of, well, when are we going to get the payoff? You know, if he's on it now, Moscow, well, if he, if he is a tactical mastermind, who's uh, putting through all these, uh, high ranking assistant manager jobs before he's even 30, then how come nobody on that bench could come up with a, an idea to stop Crystal Palace from just basically not trying to play through us anymore. And just keeping the ball and chipping it over us, and yeah. it was funny because exactly. Which, which March
1: said he, Mar- Marsh said he recognized that
2: everybody saw like it. We you, all saw, you, it, saw it. He saw it. Do someone. Uh... Yeah, it's like, what's what's the point? This lad writes six thousand word blog posts about like you know high, you know detailed tactical analysis. Fucking so, okay, have an idea then. <laughs> so that <laughs> I love is a how bit, you just
3: completely blame him.
2: <laughs> well, no, but uh, Marsh as well. And we've joked in the past about Marsh fix needing... Fix it, just fix everything. Well, he, he, he had to have Tyler Adams coming over to the bench when he was 15 saying like, J- Jesse, we need to play on the other side, boss. And like, oh, the kid's right, let's do what the kid said. <laughs> so, and it starts to... You start to think, you know, you say that as a joke at first, and you're like, well, why couldn't we do something? Mm-hmm. And they needed... Um, I did look at Adams and uh, Rocker in midfield and wonder why they they couldn't do more about it because... Palace play very attacking but since the Chelsea game and then against us. They're just putting all their really skillful attacking players on and, and kind of going for it. And we stopped that in the first half, which is very good. The fact that Zaha hardly had a kick in the first half is to our credit, to Christensen's credit in particular. But as a IU, all, everybody's quiet. Nobody's doing anything. Good. Then the second half, they kind of abandoned midfield and are just chipping it over our midfield. But that means there's a space there to dominate. So why couldn't we say, all right, they've, they're leaving some room in the middle, Adams, Rocker, instead of just being, I worry that all Adams in particular seems to have is this ratting about, kind of nipping at people, getting on the ball and kind of giving it stuff. I would have loved to see him and Rocker move into that space and dominate and say, right, if you don't want to play here, we'll play here and we'll ping the ball straight lines towards the penalty spot. But it's weird that our midfield, both those players look really good and have a lot of qualities. I'd like to see us dominate a match in that situation, like take control of it, get a grip of it, and not just everybody comes in at the end and goes, oh, they were chipping it.
3: I feel like with Adams, he's really good at that stuff. And if he had better passing options, he would look mm. a better player for it. But because, yeah, yeah, yeah. but because it's really congested, if he could look, win the ball back and look across and... We saw this with Phillips, didn't we, last, and, at the and, end and of last season? Yeah, yeah. and yeah. Harrison was wide or, you yeah, know, yeah. there's just there's an option for him that isn't stood either... On behind his him or a yard in front of him then he's got so he's got something he can do with it but yeah, as yeah. it is it gets so congested in there I think sometimes all you can do is it feels like just trying to force the ball through mm. so you just you just you knock it forward and then you chase it and you hope to you hope it gets there and if you don't you go again and you win it back and that that kind of is part of the policy of it but it just, just on,
1: looks really messy sometimes on the pessimism side of things Lucy has chucked some numbers at us damn you with your evidence and your numbers uh, Lucy said didn't feel too bad until I watched the match ball <laughs> sorry Uh, first season back in the Premier League we had 10 points after 8 games this season we've got 9 after 8 games last season we only had 6 relax it will all be fine and then we've got a series of emojis there at the end of the
2: post Mm. I I trust in those emojis it's a good selection
1: there's the the winky
2: sticky tongue out emoji is
1: that praying? some praying and some cross fingers
2: fingers, which Uh, is they're not the most reassuring emojis I was going to say
1: I mean you've undermined your own statistical point there Lucy
2: (laughs) when you combine them with the the winky tongue then it all comes together as to something uh, quite believable, but Lucy's right and um, Winky Tong. I think the a lot of it is um, the worry of what's to come, isn't it? Everyone's wow. oh god, we're going to lose to Arsenal. If we lose to Arsenal, then we'll we'll definitely lose to Leicester, and then if we lose to Leicester, then Fulham will beat us. But you know, futurists can worry about that. Thirty um, games
1: to go, Moscow. Can't wait.
2: Exactly thirty games. The March to fourteenth is uh, is what we're on, and as well, you know. What, what, do you, what do you expect? Yeah. Like,
1: hey, I don't think, I, do you know what? I don't think it's that anybody expected it to necessarily be that much better. I think it's just the reality is shit. But I mean, I had, I had this conversation last night with somebody on WhatsApp just saying, do you know what? I'm, I'm kind of tired of feeling like anxious about leads. I spent all season last season doing it, tying myself up in emotional knots, worrying about going down. And it's, it's heading that way this season already. And I kind of had a word with myself after the game and thought, now, this can't continue. This is not healthy. I know this is kind of, this is my escapism from real life and you want it to be fun and that's why we all get resentful and upset about it. But there's no point in twisting yourself up in knots in at this It's only October. It's, yeah, only exactly. October, and it's, prob- it's probably going to be fine. Oh, we we scored a great goal. He said, famous last words.
2: It was a really good goal from, I think, Brendan did beautifully and we could have scored some more. And, you know, this is kind of what Marsh's football is like and it's kind of what the, the squad that we've got is going to be doing. Even... And the the difference is, I think what I'm trying to get across is, even if we were 10th right now, we would not be materially further away from relegation. Like, the the gaps are not that big. Mm. Um, And you still, it only takes a couple of defeats and you'll be back down there, but it takes a couple of wins and you're Mm. further up. There was never going to be any idea of us being safe from relegation after eight games. I know that you've had your your numbers on this that prove that we can't go down. 96%
1: chance of staying up, so statistically we're probably going to be
2: fine. Yeah, exactly. So... Mind you, everyone will go. If there's one team, um, I don't think this is the is particularly a moment for us to be frantic and stressed about relegation. That it is said, right. Moscow. It is right to look at the style of football and say it's not the best. But you know, why did we hire Marsh if we didn't want to play like this?
1: And also, it's just you know, people are going to feel a bit antsy out there. Five games without a win, you're going to be a bit nervous. But mm. you know. I think that's it. But I, I was going to say I watched Forest Villa last night. and That was shit because there was that massive break in the middle. It does just feel like a very, very long time. Well, this is the other mm. thing. I was, I was again conversations I've been having with, with pals, like on on text and WhatsApp, saying if you're going to stay up, you win nine or ten games in the Premier League, as we have said, sort of famously, like Brighton did. That's once a month. Yeah. And then when the season gets chopped up by as much by like obviously what happened with mm. the Queen passing away and the break there, and then we're going to have the World Cup. It's going to be long stretches between wins. And how do we had that? Nottingham Forest game I know it's an assumption to say we
3: would we would have won but form suggests we, we probably would have beaten them then that would leave us on 12 points in eighth Yeah, yeah and, every, and everyone then. would be going you're just saying what I said earlier yeah. but everyone would be going that's great and it's, do, it's, listen, but, e- keep... but equally if we don't get that lucky win against Chelsea well I suppose the other way is saying if we didn't beat Wolves and that game could have gone either way let's just let's just get
2: back to blaming we, refs
3: we could be 18th let's it,
2: get back to blaming refs just, it goes back to we've raised this point earlier but Aston Villa last season finished 14th above us and they lost more games than we did they lost 19 matches Leicester that's, in half, fact, your, that's half your games isn't it that's rubbish West Ham <laughs> West Ham finished 7th and they lost 14 games so you lose a lot of games yeah. unless you are Manchester City or uh, Liverpool, as was it's rubbish, isn't it? Maybe Arsenal. Well this is well, it's not rubbish. It's just you've got to remember that. Hate it. That's uh, that's where we are. Thirty really.
1: games to go. We bank not another bank another hundred million pound. Stand there getting shafted by VAR and more refs. Brilliant. I'm having I'm having a great time. Let's blame it on refs. I'm I'm doing that because I want to move on and play some more clips. So Let's say this one from Ghost Shark.
0: What a fucking pile of <laughs> dog shit that was. It was okay. First off, I'm bored in that. Um a oh, referee Tierney, the fucking fucking all that fuck off, mate. You're a you know you are. Uh Marsh that, taking <laughs> Bamford off, massive mistake. Um just fucking shit, second half, absolute fucking dog shit.
1: I mean I disagree with that. I mean Bamford looks shot, but if Ghost Shark that's right thinks that's right, I'm prepared to go along with it. <laughs> Because he sounds absolutely terrifying. <laughs> Comes back for a second go as well. Oh, really? It's more clip. Ah.
0: <laughs> Do I mention he's a. <laughs> all the rest yeah. of now. I don't know what's going on. I'm not a fucking conspiracy fucking theorist. he's a. That was <laughs> a. Man, well, a <laughs> and he got arrested. Oh, why is that? This fucking shit. was week. And on a different note, Wilf Zahar is a voodoo doll.
3: <laughs> so there you go. Okay, that so, uh, had a quite-ish game, didn't he?
2: It, actually, it, it's Christensen had a good one. Yeah, yeah. There was a, but there
1: wasn't the old um, twisty face. Wasn't there a lot? Was it not it, too much? There was one bit where he went down. He was very frustrated with his teammates on occasions. I know it's for not being as good as him.
3: And there was one bit where he went down under a challenge from Gellhart where he was actually running into the box and should have gone down, but mm. he, I think, Gellhart like touched his shoulder and of Habit sent him sent him clattering to the ground
2: to uh, to Ghost Sharks wider point and Dremit mentioning as well about if Adams had been injured whether it would have been a red for De Corey. Mm-hmm. It's, um it does need mentioning in the context of the game before that of the two players Louis Sinistera and his sins against Aston Villa and then Decori's sins on Sunday which one of those players should have been shown a red card and miss a game
1: based on the two well if you look at the two yellow cards that Sinistera got mm-hmm.
2: and then the, the two that DeCorey should have mm-hmm. got should yeah. have got which one of those yeah. players needed sending off and needed a ban? And even, you know, Decore might have been, I suppose, their borderline yellows and hard oranges and all the other things that, like, whatever else you get from a green roast is a few, like, sour lemons and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, it just goes back to me thinking Sinistera got sent off and now, and then. A player can do all this and stay on the pitch. I, I, do it's
1: you know what I have to say? Absolutely, for choosing that hill to die on Moscow, you have been <laughs> for at least sort of two weeks. That Sinistera should not have been
2: sent off, and all our woes come back to that. Um, well, not all our woes, but it's just like, it's a shame, isn't it? it is, that we, yeah. you know, and a lot of this game. Greatest league in the world. A lot of this game, was saying that, oh, you know, Rodrigo might not have played if Sinistera had been fit, and then we would have had a, a much more dangerous player who could take advantage when we were on top and create things when we were under the caution in the second half and it makes a difference And but then you've got Dakari just going around stamping all over Tyler Adams' ankles and Dremick makes a good point that if you'd gone full uh, strike on uh, that Liverpool kid's ankle
1: more of that later actually
2: then would it have been a, a red card for him would would that have settled it is that the only difference so it is a bit
1: I cannot you know, wait I cannot wait until we're having these conversations again next year but we're directing it all at the 49ers <laughs> I thought you we were going to say, but we're talking about championship football. <laughs> no, we're not. No, we'll be fine. We'll be saying, well, come on, Man, why haven't the 49ers bought us a better left back? Why is, mm. where's, where's the striker that would be the bought a better referee?
3: Because Junior Firpo is going to be
1: back in just a month's time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's hear from Rich then to kind of wrap this thought up. I
3: mean, we're all tired of hearing it, but failure to sign a left back and a striker in the transfer window is just uh, irresponsible. I mean, we can't play Stralke's best position um, because we haven't got a left back. Or one that can play and we have, don't have an alternative to Bamford who's given us two goals and two assists and less than 20 minutes a game on average over the last two seasons um, so it starts there I do think Jesse got it all wrong second half substitutions all wrong and if you're going to give Joffey and Cree an opportunity the so-called pathway then give them an opportunity get them on from the start, give them around five games, not seven minutes at the end of the game, for fuck's
1: sake. I liked how Rich kind of said that with a familiarity, like, yeah, Joffy and Cream are mates. Yeah. <laughs> the lads
2: who I hang out with. Yeah, it's,
1: it's true. It all, it all ultimately comes back to just shortcomings, doesn't it? And and we wish it was all that bit better.
2: Yeah, better players would make it all much better. It'd be a lot easier if we had just like loads of really good ones. Yeah. I think the Joffy point is, um, is probably the, the thing I agree with most in that is that because I I've always been ambivalent about whether we need to sign another striker because we have Gelhart, Joseph, Perkins, now we've got Nonto as well. Even Max Dean as a seventeen year old looks I think it must be eighteen now, but he looks pretty good. So there's enough kind of coming through and you don't want to end up with none of them coming through because All right, Angus. We, well yeah. Well don't throw I mean, do we want why throw that at me every single time? <laughs> It's not actually a bad thing to say. I would like, I <laughs> would like our youth. I mean, well done. <laughs> I would like our youth players to have long, successful careers at Leeds United. What's your problem with that? Well, let me tell I you. I want
3: someone expensive.
1: Uh, well. Le- Leeds Arsenal on Sunday. Tierney's our uh, our VAR. So let's uh, see if he can redeem himself
2: when it comes down to it. Hopefully, he'll have Ghost Shark in his uh, <laughs> headphones. <laughs> <laughs> Give it. You're a value rate card, or I'll kill you. Uh, right. But to finish that off. But those players need to actually play at some point. Like, it's all very well Mm. leaving the pathway open for them and not signing players to block the way. But then seven minutes for Joffie was not enough And whether he needs to start ahead of Bamford while he's getting fit or just be the first replacement for him, bring him on with half an hour to actually do something. But, um, and even in the seven minutes that he came on, his uh, little chance at the end where he he scooped it up for himself Mm. and was ready to volley it into the top corner. Would have been amazing. Alfie Harland style was, um, yeah, he... uh, He's the only player for about 40 minutes who actually had an idea like that. And that's worth having him on the pitch more to try and do those things. And Cody Hackboe is a Leeds-hating scumbag, so he can stay in Eindhoven, as far as I'm concerned. I unless, never wanted him anyway. Unless he does sign, in which case, uh, then, you know, fuck Gellhart, frankly. Let's do um, the, player, he of the can year, for Norwich. player
1: of the year tracker. Uh, there's been oh, there's been some exciting development in this, lads. We've had uh, two of the top three change places. So we're feeding all the um, the ratings that we get across the season into the supercomputer. Tyler Adams drops from two to three in the top three here. Let himself 7, down. Seven point zero four is average now. Aronson seven point zero five, pipping Woo-hoo. in by a, by a whisker. Go, Brandon. and Elon Mellier still holding on to top spot. Seven point one eight for your your player of the year. Marsh has got five point six four so far out of ten. His, his rating is just sort of you can see where we peaked against Chelsea. And it's just sort of gradually tailing. It's like the pound. Yes, just to, a I mean, continual
2: not, drop, not gradually. It, it absolutely plumbed the depth against uh, Brentford. Yeah, so he's he's doing quite well to hold his average up uh, that way. But yeah, he was three out of ten for this, which is probably um, may perhaps underrates the first twenty five minutes, but it's probably bang on for the way that we failed to affect the rest of it. Right then, do um, something if you, you and your
1: kid, if if, if, you, if you want to read the full listings for the Player of the Year. Anyway, we, kind
2: of, we've got we can reverse because we always say uh, get Eddie Gray in and play the kids. Maybe it's get Eddie Gray playing and put Marich in charge. Get the kids in managing, but they have to manage Eddie Gray as player it's, and Paul Reaney. Paul Reaney. Option. We saw Paul Reaney reckon, recently. He looked well fit. I He's a reckon really
1: good. Really good. Nick, isn't he? I was going to say I reckon Eddie Gray could still probably beat him, man.
2: So there we go. Alan Clark looked looked in good shape as well. Get them all in. Put Rennie Marich in charge. That's, uh, excellent. that's the excellent. Alan Clark would have finished that band for chance. He would. Let me just say, by and the way, he'd been doing his nut if he was watching that. Read, to, read great, the full,
1: to read the full, player of the year listings, we're tracking it in the mag this season. Um, we've got, we've we got a new mag out for Arsenal.
2: Yes, yeah. And thank you to everyone who bought the one that came out for against against Forest, um, but we sold loads of those um, when we did finally get a match. And yeah, the the new issue is going to be great. Rob Conlan's written loads and loads and loads about wrestling, right? <laughs> in <lieu laughs> but of it's anything. really really good. And I mentioned uh, Alfie Harland then, but there's a lot about uh, 1997. 98 season and against Blackburn, he scored that goal that Joffy attempted. Oh, right, where he, okay. he the flick and the flicked turn. it up and uh, and turned and volleyed it in the top corner the fourth of four against Blackburn Rovers. And then, do you know what Gary Kelly did to celebrate with him? Uh, he either kissed him, he or... jump over the top
1: of him. No, nope. that one crawled on the floor. No, nope. was it the pylon?
2: He stood behind him for a while with his hands in the air, being ignored. And then, because he was being ignored, he kicked him up the back of the calf. <laughs> <laughs> and he was still ignored because Alfie don't care but um, eventually Alfie Ireland did turn around and was like do you just kick me he's like yes
1: sat on his mountain of money now Alfie Harland mm-hmm. mountain of money money ties your children that's the lesson we've learned from that isn't it Michael you're uh, working on the boys hopeless <laughs> I'll be subsidising them uh, yeah, the mag will be out um, against Arsenal it'll be on sale down the east side of Ellen Road if you are in town by the way um, and we, we take cards as well don't we which is exciting so if you don't want to pay with cash we can take
2: cards and um, you can buy it at the squareball.net as well so look out for that <laughs> If somebody started selling a rival fanzine down the west side. East
3: side. We'd have,
2: we'd have a right old uh, coastal
1: rivalry going. <laughs> like the old left side, right side chants from the 1980s. Right, we'll wrap it up there. We'll see you in a bit.
0: The Square Ball Podcast. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen,